Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to Lighted Paths Radio. I'm your host, Claire Papan. It's my hope, hope that the information and interviews shared here continue to reach higher ground for us all and offer inspiration that speaks to the heart and potential of today's evolving humanity and world. I'd like to invite you to follow the show if you're interested in receiving notices about future guests here on Lighted Path Radio. So you could just click follow on this page to sign up, and that'll take care of you from there. Have you ever wondered what happens when we pass on to the other side? Where do we go? Is there life after death? What is heaven like? When Serena Baptista's seven-year-old son, JT, caught the flu and passed away in March of 2007, she had many questions about heaven. Why did he leave? Where is he now? Is this all there is? On a mission to find her son again, Serena researched the afterlife from every angle. She knew her son was somewhere, but where? Six months after JT's passing, Serena discovered she was a medium. Through training and determination, she found her son and could communicate with him. The stories he told of his experiences were beyond this world. He shared with her about heaven and how life, how, how to live life with purpose on earth. And we are fortunate today to have Serena join us and offer what she's learned Serena is the author of My View from Heaven, a boy's story of his journey to heaven and the purpose of life on earth. And I've known Serena for about five years now, and I've witnessed firsthand how authentic she is in the things that she shares. Hi, Serena, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Claire. It is just uh, such a wonderful, wonderful thing to be here. Oh, good. Well, I feel the same, and I'm sure many of our listeners do as well. And this is a really big subject, Serena. (laughs) (laughs) A really big one. And there is a plethora of knowledge that has been shared with you on this subject. So I wonder, do you suppose a good place to start would be with what happened with JT and how he began to communicate with you? that would be a great place to start. It is such an incredible story. If I wasn't living it, I'm, I don't know if I would believe it, Claire. <laughs> but what happened was when he left, uh, meaning he passed from the flu, I knew that he was somewhere. He was moving things around in the house. He would vibrate my body from head to toe. At the time, I had no idea that you could even communicate with those who have passed. So I thought, of course, you know, this is a grieving mother and and I'm just, uh, I just have wishful thinking, thinking that he was still there and he was letting me know he was close by. And it wasn't until um, six months into this journey and he led me just, gosh, stone by stone, I call it like breadcrumbs, you know, I just followed the breadcrumbs, followed Mm -hmm. where he led me to different people and six months into it, I found I was a medium and boy, did I have an impetus 
to learn how to communicate with the other side because I knew on the other side of that was my son. Mm-hmm. Could you share um, one of those amazing experiences that let you know that the that what was happening was genuinely a connection with your son? You've had many signs. Would you share one with us? Yes, I have definitely. He has, again, worked overtime. I think the biggest one for me was very soon after he passed, there is a little mobile in his room that he made in kindergarten. He made it in fifth grade, and it's two paper plates stuck together, uh, and it's painted red, and it says Mars on it. And it was just hanging from the ceiling. And one day I went into his room, and I could just feel him there. Again, I had no previous information about any of this world at all that I was finding myself in. And all of a sudden, the mobile started to twist. It wasn't spinning. It was twisting. And then it started to spin. And, of course, you know, the logical side of me, I, did, I used to be an engineer, so I have this logical side, and it said, oh, it's just the wind, it's the heater, it's something. But everything was shut. And so then I said, if that's you, then stop stopped the mobile, and immediately it stopped. I mean, it didn't even hesitate to stop. And so I ran down and I grabbed my husband and I said, you've got to come see this because I really couldn't believe it. And we both went back upstairs and it was still, the mobile was totally still. And I said, okay, show your dad what you showed me. And there was no movement at all. And then my husband said, come on, buddy, I, I need to know it's you. And again, it started to rock back and forth. And then it started spinning really crazy. It just went spinning, spinning, spinning. And at that point, I thought, oh, my God, that's him. And, again, he did so many things to let us know that he was there. Uh, we were just so blessed. Again, thinking that we're crazy, I kept asking him, is that really you? Is that really you? Is that really you? And he kept showing me over and over and over again that that truly was him. Mm-hmm. Mm. And also, I I recall there's a story about the dragonfly and knowing you personally and how connected you are with the image of the dragonfly, the energy of itself, as well as any image of it that shows up for you. You you find that to be a symbol of his presence and communication. Would you share a little about that as well? Absolutely. That was just incredible what he did uh, with that with that sign. I was at the cemetery and it was about six weeks after he passed. And the cemetery was a place I could go to where I could really let out my emotion. And this particular day was a really rough day. And I was crouched on the ground over his grave, literally pounding the ground, screaming. And just, uh, I was really uncontrollable as, as one can get when you've lost a child And uh, something caught my eye, and it just went zipping past me. And I thought, whoa, okay, what is that? So I stopped, and I got quiet, and it was a dragonfly, and it came back, and it zipped back the other way. And I thought, okay, well, that's kind of odd. (laughs) I have never seen a dragonfly before this time. I mean, they're everywhere, but never have I seen one. So I watched this dragonfly, and it 
started coming closer to me and closer to me and closer to me, going back and forth, and then it began to dance in front of me. And at that Mm -hmm. point, I actually started laughing because I knew that it was JT. And then it was just two days later, we were doing an event for JT with uh, the homeschool group that we were a part of, and the kids were helping me load the Legos. It was a Lego thing, and they were helping me load them back into the car. And JT's best friend stops and he says, there's a dragonfly on the Legos. And I didn't know what he meant, so I put my finger down I said, and pointed to the board, and I said, you mean here? did not even see this little dragonfly. He hopped up on my finger, mm-hmm. tucked his wings in, and just looked at me. Oh. And they don't do that. No. <laughs> Dragonflies <laughs> don't do that. And I, again, started laughing, and I explained to the kids, this is JT's way of saying that he is so happy that we're here together and and that he's happy too. And I just knew mm-hmm. that in my core. And then he would always send me dragonflies when I needed them, when I was so down or uh, unsure of what I was doing once I learned I was a medium and the training and all of that. He would always send dragonflies to me to let me know that he was close by and he was uh, he was very much approving of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Of course, after I learned to communicate with him, the dragonflies didn't come so often because I could just say, hey, buddy, are you there? And he would tell me that he was there. But, boy, did I hang on to those in the beginning because mm-hmm. it was such such a uh, an amazing sign. And, you know, our loved ones do that. It's, he's not special in that. We just have to be really observant of that. But mm-hmm. he... He did. He worked overtime. <laughs> he worked overtime mm-hmm. in getting me those getting me those messages. He talks about that in your book too. <laughs> about yes. He's much. very proud of himself. <laughs> yes. I I'd like to know and and then we'll we'll get on to um some of the other areas of this, but I I'd like to know if you if you could share anything with other mothers who may or fathers as well, of course, who may have lost a child. What would you share with them that could perhaps help them in that situation? The most important thing that I learned is that our kids are never far away. When JT left, I imagined him being really far away, untouchable, unreachable, off on a cloud somewhere, just in that place that they call heaven, which you think is really, really far away. And what I have learned is that it's not far away. It's really very, very close. It's right here. And whenever we need our kids or other loved ones, all we have to do is call to them and they will be there. You may not totally understand or have the have the ability to receive from them. I'm sorry. I just got distracted because JT just moved something in my office here. So. Oh. <laughs> Like a little orb just went by. <laughs> okay, focus. So mm-hmm. the yeah again, and that's and he does that because he wants me to say he wants me to speak about that. Yeah. But you'll see your child, you'll see them in these flashes of light, or they will, uh, you know, they they will play with electronics. Uh, you might even I have heard more than once parents receiving calls from their children on the other side, meaning that the phone rings 
and you look at the phone and their name is there, and that is even after the their phone's been shut off, mm. it'll ring and the name will pop up. I've heard that yes. more than one time from parents who have come into my office. So it is, again, so important for parents to know that their kids are not far away. And that this goes also for no matter how they left, because a lot of times parents, uh, feel that maybe their child uh, was angry with them or uh, wouldn't want to come back to talk to them. And once our kids do cross over, they see things from such a different light that mm-hmm. all that they want is for us to know that they are close by and that they love us and that they are okay. And that was really imperative for me to understand was JT was okay. Mm-hmm. And he continually showed you which was really beautiful. Absolutely. Relentlessly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, and, you know, I can also attest to some of the things that you described in ways of knowing their presence is with you. I had that after my father passed away. Um, One of the things that he would do is whenever his name would be brought up, if if it was that all the, the lights in the room might be turned off, it's daytime perhaps, um, and and his name is brought up, um, a lamp would turn itself on. <laughs> or, <laughs> and he actually did that the very first day that he made his, wow. his transition. Um, things were turning on and, and turning off and then back on again and so forth. And there were, if it were, you know, a, a complete electrical anomaly, um, the, the entire electric in the house would be off and on, off and on. But no, it was just the same light or the same lamp or, you know, and then after a while he'd move to different lamps or, you know, and and so then you know it's not just the lamp. Right. It's not like it's a short in the lamp. (laughs) Right. And this is one thing that I didn't understand. I thought, how could my seven-year-old be doing these things? How could a little boy of seven be moving things around, be playing with electronics, be giving me these sensations that he's hugging me, all of that? And it wasn't until later when I did have communication with him and I I asked him, how can you do these things? And he says, I'm an infinite energy now. And that was uh, probably... A difficult concept for me at first. I'm his mother here. I'm his physical mother. So thinking of him other than the little boy was a transition for me. I did have to transition into that, but he really is, as are, you know, your, as is your dad and our other loved ones. They're infinite energy, and they can do, they can do a lot more than what we believe that they can. Mm-hmm. Yes. At some point... And I don't recall how long after that you you did have a journey that that led you to a point where you could then begin to hear him speak to you. Would you share about that journey and how that all started? Yes. He led me to the people who I needed to connect with in order to figure out what my piece was in this. He would tell other people. I did have other people who were intuitive in my life at the time, and they would say, oh, JP has big plans for you. Oh, just just wait. Just wait and see. 
And I would get really frustrated with that because I thought, well, how come they can hear this and they know this and I can't? And so JT led me to uh, this uh, woman in California who is a medium. Prior, just a couple of days prior to that, I was reading John Holland's book. Uh, John Holland is a medium, a very uh, wonderful medium and a mentor of mine now. And his book, Power of the Soul, uh, talks about how we can communicate with the other side. And I was reading it, and I got to the part where it was about the clairs. And the clairs are how we receive information. And I read the clairsentience part, which is the feeling. It's feeling our loved ones. And I said to myself, oh, my God, I think I can do this. And at that point, I almost heard the angel sing, you know, (laughs) Like, oh, she got it. She finally got it. And then two days later is when I had the call with the medium in California. Did not know anything about JT. Did not uh, know anything about me. And uh, she said, did you know you're a medium? You are the bridge between our world and the next. And at that point, after laughing... I thought, oh, how can this be? Uh, she's, you know, I asked, how do you do that? And she said, training, training, training. And so I immediately got into a training program. And she also told me that my son was right there with me and uh, and described him to a T. And so I knew that it was it was him. I just knew it. And it was a process to hear him. I could hear other people's loved ones probably before I could hear him. It was about four months in to my training when I could finally hear him. It was only a month into my training when I started receiving messages from other kids on the other side who wanted to get information to their parents. But for JT, it was probably about four months in, and it just began with like a word here and there. And then it turned into a sentence. And then before I knew it, we were having conversations in the car as I was driving. And that's when that's when things kind of got really weird. <laughs> As if it wasn't weird enough, right? <laughs> Everything changing in my life. But then it got really weird because then I said, well, what are you doing, JT? What are you doing? And he would tell me. And uh, he talked about, you know, we'll talk about a little bit of that uh, when we talked about the book, but the things that he was doing and the places he was going and, uh, you know, what it was like for him to to pass, you know, for his spirit to come out of his body, all those things which were, I'd never heard any of it before. Now mm. you hear a little bit about, you know, near-death experiences like, you know, Evan Alexander and all of that. But at the time, I this was 2007, I was just beginning my journey and I had no idea. So hearing these things again, I thought I was going crazy. I thought that I was hearing things, but I was funny enough, you know, he also put somebody else in my path whose son also passed and she was having communication with her son. Her son was telling her the same thing that JT was telling me. So we would compare and we would under, we would get it that they did that so we wouldn't think that we were crazy mm-hmm. because we got it validated from each other. That was such a big gift. Yes. Yes. Wow. And and some of the ways that it was orchestrated for you to meet these people were, uh, you know, beyond coincidence as well. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. The 
I did a Life Between Lives regression with uh, Linda Backman. She's here in Erie, Colorado. And the way that that worked out, you know, JT led me to uh, Michael Newton's book, Journey of Souls. And I was reading it, and then I thought, oh, my gosh, I've got to have this. I've got to have a regression. The Life Between Lives regression is where you go to that in-between space before you select a life, and you get to choose all of the pieces of the lifetime. And people had been telling me as I've been going along that I had agreed to this. I had agreed to JT leaving for him to pass. And uh, I thought there is no way a mother would ever select this for herself because it's so excruciating. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, I've got to do one of these Life Between Lives regressions. But I called Linda's office, and on the recording it said that there was a six-month wait. And I thought, oh, there's no way I can wait six months to get the answer, but I'll go ahead and leave my name and number. Within five minutes, her husband, Earl, called me and said, oh, we had a cancellation for next week. Do you want it? And so I laughed and I thought, okay, another step, another step. And so I did the Life Between Lives regression with her, and that is where I saw JT uh, in that in-between state. And that is also where uh, I saw the first question I had for him was, did I agree to this? Everybody's saying that I did. And he showed me, he took me to that place where I could see kind of like the movie of him and me, my husband, and my other children, our souls sitting around this table saying, oh, yeah, that would be a really good idea. And at that point, I was, of course, stunned because the idea of contracts, the idea of of us you know, choosing these things was so foreign to me. Uh, but coming back from that regression, uh, I was a changed person because I realized that... Uh, that this was something that I chose. I saw it. I saw myself doing it. And so at that point, I had to say, okay, now what do I need to do with this? And the Life Between Lives regression was actually before I read Journey of uh, uh, the Power of the Soul and before I spoke to the medium. So again, JT kind of plopped these people in front of me just exactly when I needed them so that I could find my way. And that was just mm-hmm. incredible. Yes. And while you were in that state of the between-life experience and and choices were being made, did you get a clearer understanding as to what the purpose of that was? That At choice the time, I did not. No, because it was too soon. I asked JT about mm-hmm. that later. You know, why didn't you show me the whole picture? And he said, it it would have been too soon. You would not have accepted it. And that's so true because I really needed to be given information and then to assimilate it, be given information and then to assimilate it because these were concepts I did not have, I I did not have in my, in my repertoire before. I really Mm -hmm. needed to take some time, sit with it and accept it before he would show me the next piece. So at the Life Between Lives regression, that was four months after JT left, only four months. I was still trying to find a lot uh, a lot about myself and about what this whole thing meant. So if he had shown it all to me, I think I would have rejected it. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and that may be one of the reasons, just one of the examples perhaps, um, that JT talks about in your book, 
And and also I want to tell the listeners, I, I keep referring to JT and what he shares in the book because the information that is in this book that we're discussing came from JT that he shared with his mother, Serena. And so so that's where we're coming from when we talk about the, the content of the book as well. And I, I remember a, a, a place in the book where he was saying, this is something that people would it would really help people to understand that we we are here for you we want you to connect with us we want you to know that we can share things with you and help guide you as well that's one of the reasons that we're here for you and at the same time there are some details that are not shared along the way it could be a timing thing there are reasons for it and so th- it's good for us to know this so that we don't get c- too caught up in some of the details and what we might be considering as unanswered questions. There are answers for everything, and, and there is a timing for everything as well. Would, would you agree that that's, that's one of the things that he was uh, very strong about? Yes, and that is an exceptional point. Because I have a lot of people who come into my office since I do readings, I do psychic readings, mediumship readings, and they want answers to you know what's happening ahead of them, what 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 they should be doing, and they they want it to be so specific. Really, what we're about here is about the learning process, and JT really emphasizes that in the book. We're here to experience. We're here to learn. We're not here to have all the answers. So people joke, you know, well, you're a psychic, you know, why don't you know what you're supposed to do tomorrow? <laughs> well, that would kind of spoil a surprise is what JT says mm-hmm. <laughs> because we are supposed to live here. We are not supposed to be given everything uh, because, again, that would so defeat the purpose of why we come here. So let's talk about that for a moment the purpose of why we're here. He did cover a lot of uh, information around that as well. Yes, absolutely. And and really what we put in the book, what he decided to put in the book, just is the tip of the iceberg. It is just to give the reader a flavor of it because there is so much that goes into um, our lives here. And it's not predestined. And he really is very clear about that. We, we talk about, uh, you know, well, if we have contracts and we say that, that this is, this is going to happen, then does that mean that everything is planned out for me? Absolutely not. What that means is that, you know, we still have choice here. That's why we come here to, to this planet. We have free will here. And he brings that up a lot in the book about the options that we have. We can learn the same lesson a million different ways with a million different players. And uh, it was interesting, in one part of the book, he actually said, it's a game. Think of it as a game. Just call it that. Call it a game. And when we think of our lives and how real everything feels, it's really difficult to put it into that perspective, that it's a game that we play. But when you think of it like that, then suddenly it's not so serious. It's not so finite. We can start playing with it as a game. And so he is, again, yeah, very clear about you know free will and about how we get to say who the players are, and we can change things up as we go along. But really, it's, it's clearly about 
uh, about learning and experiencing a relationship and and how we interact with one another. And of course, before we came in, we said, okay, let's. I would like to learn more about X, Y, and Z. And so then that comes to us in, in multiple flavors so that we get it. Uh, and he talks about how it's, you know, he talked to me. Because I asked him, tell me about, you know, how does this all work when you can choose different players? Let's say you're going along and the person who you've been learning your lessons from, i.e. a partner, uh, decides, okay, I'm done with this, but you're not really done with it, but they're done with it because they're going to assert their free will and say, okay, no more of this. So they cut off the relationship. Well, what happens to your learning then? Well, what happens is another player comes in, another person comes in and will uh, kind of take that place. I don't want to say that they're, you know, that they are, a substitute, but they'll give you the same lesson, but with their own flavor of it. So mm-hmm. we still get to learn it, but it's just different because because of the free will aspect of it and how that other person chose to leave the equation, which is absolutely fine. They just put somebody else in. <laughs> <laughs> and so here we are. We have this experience that we're we're living through to learn some things that we chose to learn before we came here and I know JT talks about some of those ways that we can actually fine tune that learning experience so that we can really accomplish that part of our mission absolutely you know first and foremost uh staying clear keeping our energy clear so that we can be guided uh, the our helpers who are everything from you know our guides and if you want to call them angels it kind of depends on your vernacular but angels loved ones they are all there to assist us so it's just like JT is assisting me in my path and helping me find my way it's the same for everybody everybody has access to that and the critical piece of that is to keep yourself clear, keep your vibration high so that you can receive the information. It is so different when you feel like you are just in this maze, just kind of walking along, bumping into the walls, not really knowing where you're going, versus saying, hey, I'd like to get you know, to point A now. Can you help me with that? And staying clear, meaning your energy clear, you know, chakra clearing or whatever whatever it is, meditation is huge, huge, huge because it does, it clears us and it and it allows us to raise our, our frequency. And he talks about that a lot too. It's about frequency, it's about energy. And then asking so many times we don't ask for help, probably because we don't even realize that we can, but at the same point a lot of us don't feel worthy enough or we don't feel uh, like we deserve to have the help from heaven when it's totally the opposite. The opposite is so true in that we all deserve to have the assistance and the guidance. And it doesn't mean they're going to, like, you, like we said before, it does not mean they're going to give you the answers, but they can point you in the direction. I, can, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've had to change direction because I've been going along and I realize, okay, now it's time to shift. We were talking before we got on the air about flexibility and moving with it. That is a huge piece also, being flexible and being able to move 
with, you know, with the energy of, you know, what our helpers are telling us to do. Yes. And you you do talk about um in in your own teachings as well as JT talks about in his book uh a little bit he touches on that some of the ways that we can raise our frequency and would you just just for those who may not know understanding when we're using the term frequency and when you talk about clearing and that sort of thing for those who may not know some of this may be new to them a little bit about that and then perhaps give us a couple of ideas of things that we can do to help raise our frequency so that we are closer to a uh, a, a place of listening and hearing uh, direction as it's given to us from heaven. Absolutely. The first thing that I learned is that it is a pretty simple process to receive guidance. And a lot of people believe that it is difficult or that you have to work really hard to do it. I have found in my personal experience that it is not. That the process that JT taught me and that my guides have taught me in, in connecting with them and in remaining clear, it actually is really simple. It doesn't mean that it's easy. Sometimes we have blocks that we have put on ourselves and we need to work on those before it does get super clear. But it is a simple process. When we talk about frequency, when we talk about energy, everything in the universe is made up of energy. And here we are in this in 3D in third dimension and we're pretty dense. We have, you know, we have solid solid bodies. Uh we live in a solid world where JT is, which is a higher frequency. Uh it is not solid. It is actually fluid or, you know, it's, it's, it's moving all the time. Here, you know, it's, we sense, our senses say it's a solid place. So down here in the 3D, it's denser and we have a harder time moving around, let's say. You know, we can't walk through walls. <laughs> Not yet anyway, right? <laughs> but then, let's say, we raise our frequency. We uh, we get to the higher higher levels of energy. And it is just, it's not a hierarchy by any means. It is just raising our frequency. So JT gave me the analogy that if your frequency is high, it's like you standing up on top of a skyscraper and your view is so much clearer up there. Whereas the people from who are down at the ground level, those are in the in the let's say that you know the third dimension, uh, they have a pretty finite view. But from the top of the skyscraper you have a much greater view. And that is that is what it's about. It's about raising your frequency so that you can have that higher view, so you can connect with the higher frequencies of your angels, guides, and loved ones. So some ways to do that, again, first and foremost, meditation. And I remember when when my teacher, my first teacher said, Medica- meditation, medication too, meditation <laughs> is the key to connecting. I laughed because I thought, oh, there's no way I can shut off my mind. Again, I used to be an engineer. And so I have this monkey mind. I have this left brain, the critical thinker, I call it, who is constantly running. And so it was really difficult for me to shut that off. And I know that lots of people listening probably have that issue as well. What I learned is to do guided meditations. And uh, Brian Weiss actually has a wonderful guided meditation. He is the 
past life regression guru, I'll call him, and he has a wonderful meditation. It's called meditation. And it takes you all the way into the meditation and all the way out. So it's something for your mind to keep keep it occupied, and then your soul can go traveling. It can, it can it will raise the vibration of your of your energy, but at the same time occupy your mind so that you can actually take the trip. What meditation does is it does raise your frequency. It raises your vibration. So that is the best way to connect with your guides and and angels and loved ones is through meditation. The -hmm. other ways to do it also is, you know, anything that makes you happy, you know, singing, dancing, creative things. I know a lot of people who knit uh, meditation is is knitting to them or crocheting things like that where they are they're in the space of letting go of their critical thinker so mm-hmm. first and foremost again is meditation that's that is really the way to do it and once I did learn a lot of critics of the guided meditation say that once you start guided meditations you can't stop it that you won't be able to do anything but and I, I personally disagree with that because now I can I can just go into meditation anytime that I want to, with or without music, uh just through breathing, whatever whatever it happens to be. So that really is critical. Mhm. Okay, great. And so when our loved ones from the other side uh and I love the title of your book, My View of Heaven, from their view of heaven. Um we might experience some of that energy when we're connected with them in that way. And I know that JT has shared with you some of his view from heaven. Would you share a little about that, please? There, Yes, there, there's a lot to it. Yes, there is. It's very interesting. <laughs> right, and each time I ask him, I get a different answer, you know, because it, there's so much that goes into it. There's, it's, It's really... Uh, it's like this web, you know, it's an endless web of, of things. But the the one thing which I remember early on, I would ask him, what are you doing? You know, it's the big thing that I wanted him to, wanted to know from him. What are you doing right now? What are you working on? And he at one point showed me this ball of fire that was in his hands. And at that point I could see it in my mind's eye. And I said, well, what are you what is that then? He goes, I'm working on fire. And so, (laughs) okay, (laughs) what does that mean? And he says the element of fire, you know, we're practicing with it. We're, we're, uh, you know, we're changing the structure of it. And I thought you're changing the structure of fire. How does, what is that? And he says, there's so many things that we can create here. Everything on earth we have created from here first and then brought to earth. And so, again, this fire, different different chemistries of it or different different aspects of it is what he was working on at the time. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that he, that he really enjoyed doing in the beginning especially is going to different planets. We are not alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are not the only intelligent life. <laughs> in fact, our, we are as... as Probably many people know who are listening. You know, we're we're not one of the more intelligent races. <laughs> we like to think that we are, but 
he would go to, JT would go to these planets, like he loved to go to this one planet that had all sea life, that had mm-hmm. all, you know, the whales and the everything that is in our sea now, the mammals anyway, the very, very intelligent mammals, uh, came from other places to begin with. And so going there to understand, going to their planet to understand them, to, uh, to be with them in their environments, um, and to interact with them, that's one of the things that he did. And that really was one of those concepts that, again, might be hard for people to understand that mm-hmm. um, that we are creators and that everything on our planet you know, has been created. It's not, it's not a fluke. Everything was created and placed here. Yes. He also talks about where heaven is. He, he describes it as that it's not a place. Rather, it's a state of energy. And we can really um, embrace and discover more of who we are and where heaven is for us. Because we all may have different, perceive it a little differently as well. Absolutely, definitely. That was another thing. Again, when he left, I thought, oh, heaven is far away. It's inaccessible. It is, you know, a special place. (laughs) And he told me immediately, and he reiterates in the book, no, 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 that's not the case. Heaven is right here. And we can access heaven as, as humans. We have access to that. We have most of our energy is still in that heavenly place, that higher dimension place. And heaven is just a word that we put on it, but really it is it is a dimension. It's a dimensional place. And we really have all of, the, all of the dimensions right here where we are. We just can't see them because our frequencies are not tuned into them. Most people's frequencies are not tuned in. There are plenty who are. The kids who are being born now, they are very tuned in to the other frequencies that are around us and the other dimensions that are here with us. And so absolutely the idea of heaven being far away is, is at least from JT's perspective, from my perspective, it's false. It's right here. And again, you know, he reiterated in the book about creating heaven on earth. And this was a concept that Jesus had, actually, you know, that we can create heaven on earth here by being tuned in, by you know, listening to our guidance by understanding how we can manifest, how to set intention, all of those things so that we can create the world that we want. And it is a creation that we that we are doing every day. Every thought that we have is a creation and it's put in front of us. And so mm-hmm. JT talks about, you know, how it's you have to be really mindful of what you're thinking about. And I had to shift that in my thought process too as I was doing the training thinking at first I would say oh I can't you know I, I I'm not, don't have enough money or I, I can't do this and he would stop me and he would say what did you just say there you just created that for yourself and he said rephrase that and so he taught me how to rephrase the thoughts that I have so that I can shift it around and create what I want to create because we are co-creators. Again, most of our energy is still in spirit. We bring about 10 to 15% of that energy into these bodies. So we are so connected with with our spirit, with our energy that's in the higher dimensions. We have access to that at any time. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of believing it, 
and learning how to do it. Right. I love how he talks about how there is no judgment in heaven, that many people may have a an idea in their head that um, because our loved ones can see so much and, and understand so much of what we're thinking from the other side, that many of the things that we may consider and judge about ourselves as failings, that perhaps our loved ones who are seeing those things are feeling the same way about us and, and seeing them as failings and judging some of those things. And it makes us feel really small when we have those thoughts. But JT talks about how there is no judgment in heaven, and he encourages us here on earth to not judge ourselves or each other as well, because that is also a part of what can hold our energy down and slow us down from moving more forward with our mission of why we're here. Absolutely, definitely. Now, that was one of the first things that he taught me, was there is no hierarchy in heaven, which means there aren't, there's no one soul that's better than the other soul Everybody works together. Everybody is a part of the whole. So so there is no hierarchy and there is no judgment. We are not judged for what we do here. You know, we kind of judge ourselves when we leave our bodies and we say, oh, geez, I could have done that differently. Or, you know, maybe I could have, <coughs> excuse me, I could have said it differently to that person or behaved differently to that person. But that's what we do for ourselves. We kind of have a self-evaluation when we leave. And from there we decide, okay, next time around, if we choose to come back, which we do have choice to do, uh, then I'll work on that a little bit more because the energy needs to be balanced there. But our loved ones and our guides and our angels are never judging of us. Uh, I've had lots of energies come in for clients who are sitting across from me and they say, oh, my mother must be so disappointed in me because uh, because I didn't, I didn't do what she wanted me to do. They do not have attachment to that anymore. They want and they see what is for our highest good and that is what they want for us. But they also understand that if should we veer off and not go the path that they wanted us to go or that's for our highest good, we will still learn. We will still end up where we need to go, and we will learn a lot along the way. And so they're, they say, oh, look at that. She's learning a different way. That's awesome. She'll find her way back. That's what they mm-hmm. say about when we veer off. So they're not judging us. And, in fact, sometimes... They encourage us to to find, uh, let's say, the harder path because maybe some people, myself included, need the two-by-four lessons, right? <laughs> and so they'll say, okay, when are you going to get it, Serena? When are you going to get it? And and so if if I find that things are becoming very difficult for me, then I'll stop and I'll say, okay, I know that, I know that I'm doing this the more difficult way. And I'll ask my guides, I'll say, what do I need to do to shift back? Or do I need to be here to learn this? And then they'll they'll guide me. And JT is right there at the front of that of that group of guides and he'll say, No, just keep going on or yes, you need to you need to move back. Uh you you can move back into into this other space whenever you want to. Mhm. No judgment. Just direction. No judgment. 
yeah. just direction. Yeah. And sometimes, again, they will, it's not about telling us what to do to get to the finish line. That is mm-hmm. not what this is about. Again, it's about what we are experiencing. It's about the journey, not the destination. Right. Yes. Right. And he also talks about how this is an important time. And this is a time where sitting on our hands <laughs> is is time yeah. to change for those of us who are not really moving forward and taking action. Would you talk about that? Definitely. Yes, we are in a very interesting time. As, as anybody who would look around the world could attest, uh, there is so much... Uh, excuse me, polarity between what looks like, let's term, you know, put the term on it, evil. I don't believe in evil, but we're going to term it evil because that's what's put in front of us versus what is the higher path, let's say. And the reason for that is so that we can say, oh, I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to do this uh, this lower path take me to the higher path, and so uh, in that uh, we are able to uh, see, feel, know, you know what we need to do to get to the creation point where we can really be active, active creators in our life. Uh, so when you look at the JT says, don't don't watch the news. He actually said that in his book. He goes, turn off the news. You know, don't look at those stories anymore because that's not where your energy is supposed to be focused. Your energy is supposed to be focused on, you know, on creating what you want to create. But a lot of people, that's what's in front of them, and so that's what gets them tripped up. But because uh, we see these polarities that's what lets us know, okay, we do have choice. You do not have to go to the <laughs> the dark side. <laughs> you don't have to focus on that. <laughs> you can focus on the light side. And it's not burying your head in the sand. It is just putting your energy and focus where it needs to be so that we can take this planet, this beautiful, beautiful planet that we're on, we can take it to the higher vibrations because that's really what this is about, is moving Earth and all of us into the higher vibrations so that we don't have to deal with so much of that darkness anymore. Mm-hmm. So that is what is meant by this being a very important time. Right, right. It is making decisions and it is waking up, and it's saying, and he says in the book, it's it's funny because he puts in there, you know, no more excuses, no more excuses for not taking responsibility for your own actions, for your own uh, path, because that is that is what this is all about, is finding our own path. Right. And and when we take that action, some of it could include working on some of the um, parts of ourselves that still need um, healing in our lives and reaching out for support and tools that can help us get there rather than just waiting for it to just show up. Absolutely, absolutely. We have to... We are co-creators, so it is up to us. It is our responsibility 
to do this work. This is why we came here. There are so many of us who have come onto the planet at this time to really help uh, everybody. And it's it, he, JT says in one part of the book, you know, that maybe it feels like, you know, you're charging forward and it feels like you're dragging the rest of the world behind you because they're coming kicking and screaming because they are staying in their fear-based world. They're, they're uh, creating more of the same, just, you know, more of the same. But what JT says is for all of us who are pushing forward and raising the vibration of the planet, and we do carry the rest of the the rest of humanity with us. The more people who can can see their piece in this and see uh, that they have total control of you know their creations, uh, we are the ones who get to bring the rest of the planet with us. And again, some are kicking and screaming, but then some of them do wake up, right? <laughs> yes. That whole expression Definitely. of waking up, that is, you know, we hear this in so many places. And waking up, I know that, you know, people have prayed about it. Well, I want to wake up. I pray for, for my awakening, et cetera, et cetera. And it may look a little different than the picture you may imagine it to be. And so what do you feel would be a useful um, direction to support people in flowing more with their awakening so that they can empower it further and not feel so um, groggy in the process? Right, definitely, because sometimes it feels very abrupt to us when we uh when we're told that we have to not have to but that we're supposed to be changing or we're supposed to be waking up or or whatever that is. And what JT says about that is it's just about awareness and observation. That's the key is being aware of what's around you and being observant. Because when we're in that state of awareness, then we can see things that we wouldn't ordinarily see. So an, a good example of that is during my training when I was learning to actually see with my third eye, I would sit outside and I would look up at the sky. And what JT says is look for them. <laughs> okay, what is he talking mm-hmm. about? Who's them? And all, and. I would look up at the sky and I would be in an awareness and observing and it was not too long before I could see energies in the sky. Mm-hmm. I could see a ton of energies in the sky. And so just one little simple exercise of being more observant of the sky or more observant of a tree and the energy around a tree, you know, that kind of thing mm-hmm. is... Uh, is a great first step for people because it it sometimes does feel daunting and it does does feel like uh, it's 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 not tangible. But something like that, a simple exercise like that, is very tangible and it's a great beginner step to saying, okay, I'm I'm going to be more observant of the world around me and more aware, because then our guides can come in and say, uh, they they can show us things. That's the other thing that you can do is you can say, show me something, tell me something, 
uh, gives me a feeling, you know, so we're in that state of awareness and an observation, and then we ask for one of our guides or for our, you know, for our support system to give us an indication of their presence. And just by being in those states of awareness and observation, we are clearer and we can receive the information clearer. It's very interesting. I, I found it fascinating when I finally did open up to that. Uh, it it really took my connection with JT and all of my divine helpers to a new level. Mm. It's really changed the way you live and how you look at the world, hasn't it? Yes, absolutely. Because I can't, and and this is the other thing about being JT's mother, (laughs) I can't Mm -hmm. bury my head in the sand anymore. I can't say, oh, I don't know any better. And that's that's what he says about, about, you know, no more excuses. I know too much now to to not take the steps that that I need to take to create the world that I want to create for myself. And when we create, you know, a lot of people have the misconception, oh, if I'm not Mother Teresa, I'm not doing service work. And that's absolutely not true. What he talks about in the book, too, is just do it in your little world. You know, just do it for you and the people around you. Make one change in your life that increases, you know, that raises your frequency or that allows you to connect with your divine helpers, and you will have changed your world. As simple as that. Yes. And I think that that is is a world of of an old perception, an old paradigm, to a new perception, bringing a new paradigm of where we're headed. Yes, definitely, of being co-creators and of having uh, a world of, you know, we, we think that it's not possible to have a world of harmony, but really in the, in the ideal state of where we want to be going, that's, that is what we're, that's what we're heading toward. That's what the high vibration is. And a lot of us are already in that place. It's kind of like we are in multi-dimensions as it is. You know, we're in the third dimension, we're in the fifth dimension, we're in higher dimensions. And so we have the ability to to move between the dimensions. There's a lot of us who are doing that now. And again, by doing that, we raise the vibration of the planet and we get to where we need to go uh, with the planet and with our own with our own mission. So, Serena, please t- share with us a little bit about what you're doing now and how people can reach you, how they can Absolutely. find your book as well. Definitely. My book is uh, available. I should say JT's book. (laughs) It is is JT's book. It is a channeled work. Absolutely. Those are his words, not mine. I wouldn't be able to make that stuff up. (laughs) It's his book, and it's incredible. It's changed lives incredibly. Uh, It is available on Amazon. Uh, The website for it is myviewfromheaven.com. And my website is serenabaptista.com or bridgetohealing.com, whichever is easier. And Would you spell really Baptista for us, please? Baptista, Share. yes. B as in, yes, B-A, P as in Paul, T as in Tom, I-S-T-A. That's why it's just easier maybe to go to Bridge to Healing. It all goes, it all directs to the same thing. 
Okay. And my focus now is really getting the word out about JT's book. So I am traveling. I'm on a book tour. I'm doing events, doing workshops around it. And uh, it's all being guided by JT. He tells me where to go, who to talk to. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's an incredible, incredible journey that I'm on right now. I also still have a private practice where I do the uh, readings, uh, you know, the mediumship and psychic readings and things like that. And that's all available on my, on my website. But really it's about uh, getting the word out there about JT's book. Yes, and people can reach you if they're interested in a reading and have that reading by phone, right? Oh, absolutely. By phone is as exactly as it would be in person because, again, everything is energy, and I've learned how to tap into that energy, how to read that energy, no matter where it is. You know, we didn't even get into the whole no time and no space thing, but uh, Mm -hmm. that is what this is about. Energy is energy regardless of where it is, so I I can do phone readings, definitely. Okay, wonderful. And again, the website, bridgetohealing.com, is where people can connect with you, serenabaptista.com as well, but the other one may be easier. The book, My View (laughs) from Heaven, can be found on Amazon, and uh, we can connect with you again, Serena, I hope, so that you can come back on and we can talk about some more of the wonderful wisdom that is shared in JT, JT's book because we just touched the surface, didn't we? We did. There is so much in the book. And again, there's so much that is not even in the book <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that is, uh, you know, for, for many, chap- many chapters to come, definitely. Right. Okay, well, we will, I, I hope you'll join us again, Serena. Thank you so much, Claire, for mm-hmm. inviting me onto your show. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you, too. Take good care, my friend. Thank you, you too. Okay. And I also want to thank you, my listeners, for tuning in. It's been great having you join us. As always, uh, this is Lighted Paths Radio. I'm Claire Papan, your host. If you'd like to receive notices about future guests, you can click follow on this page. You can connect with me through my website, lightedpaths.org, and you can also find information there about my book, Mary's Miracles and Messages, A True Story of a Visionary's Journey, as well as on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Please join us again for more enlightening conversations. Be well and peace, everyone. 